love letters. Love letters to Kelly. Hi, I'm Ari. I hope you receive this this video. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did receive your video, Ari, and that sweet little jingle. Thank you so much. Ari's dad, Bruno, uh, sent that in and said, Hi, Kelly, one of your best customers here. Today, I wanted to share my daughter's voice to sing the jingle. We both love listening to you on the radio on our commute. Her name is Ari. Well, thank you so much, Bruno. And Ari, you did a great job. How are you doing today, Robert Ehrman? Oh, I'm not too bad. Great. We got some, uh, I know we have a lot of love letters to get to, but I know people are often wondering how we're doing in our own personal love lives. Mm. So I'll go first. Okay. Um, things are going pretty good for us. Uh, we've had some, you know, my husband, Alan, and I, uh, we are, this is our second marriage for each of us. Robert's been married twice before, but he's currently single and no children. Or but am I? I or, or, am, or am you? I don't know. Um, but for Alan and, and, and me, we share four children, including uh, teenage girls. And it's been a, a little bit stressful. We've had some issues come up. Parenting teenagers is always fun. But the important thing is, you know, to be a united front as a couple when it comes to disciplining our children, even though I, you know, I support him fully and he has to support me fully. We present a united front in front of the children, right? Correct. But when it comes to the serious discipline, he allows me to handle, you know, my biological daughter and I allow him to handle the, the strict stuff with his biological children. Now, I'm allowed to tell them you can do this, you can't do that. And it's same with him and my daughter, Emma Kelly. But for the serious stuff, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, um, you know, I, I work together with Emma Kelly's, you know, bio dad and he works with his kid's bio mom for the for real serious Are stuff. Are there certain times where... Let's say Emma Kelly says something to Alan and he's not sure. Will he say, I, well, let's talk to your mom about it? Or The thing is, with is, Emma Kelly is she doesn't ever say, she'll just clam up. If he ever says something that kind of, you know, calls her on the carpet to discipline her, yeah. she just kind of will, you know, get that poor body posture and look at me and kind of roll her eyes and not say anything. And I don't want, you know, and sometimes... You know, as a parent, you've been there. Well, you haven't, but you've um, you've you were a child of parents. Right. And, you know, one one of the parents might say something or do something disciplinary wise where the other parent does not agree. But the key is you don't say something about it in front of the child. Yeah. You have to always be united. So even if he says something to my daughter or I say something to his kids and we disagree with what was said, we have to deal with that behind the closed door yeah. because that that can pit parents against each other and kids can use that. And we don't want, you know, we need to be in charge. We don't want them to divide and conquer us. So that's that's the situation there. And sometimes I I kind of have to do a little coaching with Alan when it comes to with Emma Kelly, because I'll talk to her and she'll express some of her frustrations with him. And I'll be like, OK, well, this is some of his, you know, I you have to see it from his perspective and I have to be kind of the media. And I'll go to him and say, you know, Emma Kelly's feeling a little, you know, let's approach it this way as a you know, that. yeah. So like today, um, for instance, he has to take her to volleyball in the morning. Emma Kelly's completely a grump. She's so grouchy in the morning and there's zero conversation, which can be kind of tense. I said, hey, how about this? When you pick her up from volleyball practice, because she has it before school, I said, why don't you offer to take her to Starbucks and get her some of these egg bites? She loves them so much, just out of the blue for no reason at all. Just any kind of excuse to kind of, you know, 
forge more of a friendship there sometimes because sometimes, you know, teenage kids, you don't like them very much. You love them, <laughs> but you don't like them. Yeah. And so anytime you can have some sort of common ground where, hey, let's just, you know, share an egg bite together and it, it makes for a pleasant moment, you have to look for those opportunities. You know, do I want to sit around and watch hours and hours of Harry Potter movies with my daughter? Not necessarily, but I love that we're connecting in that way. Yeah. So if that can help some other parents listening this morning, I hope it does. But that's where Alan and I are kind of standing right now. You know, our kids are, are really a big part of our relationship. How about you, Robert? How are things going for you? I think we're, I think we're you? a lot of time now. Oh, come on. What's up with you? What's up with you? I hang out with this chick. It's fine. It's cool. I have no complaints. Well, Robert, if you ever have a question, you know where to come. You know it. To me, I am a love expert. So let's get started with other people's problems today. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I've listened to you for as long as I can remember and love the new podcast. I'm writing because I have actually found a really great guy. We have mutual friends and have hung out several times over the years. Recently, though, we've been hanging out one-on-one. We talk every day, mostly texting, and he's met my family and daughter and they all love him. He's kind, generous, and he has his life together. He's also divorced, so naturally we don't want to waste each other's time and want to take things slow. My question is, do I have to approach him about being exclusive, or can I just see where it goes? Is there a timeline or order these things go in? I've dated, but this is the first one with real potential. I want to make sure I find the right balance and don't turn him off by being too eager or not eager enough. Thanks for the wisdom, smitten mama. Well, how long did you say they've been dating, did you say? It just says recently they've been hanging out one-on-one, but they've been mutual friends for a while. Recently. that See, that's a, I need more of a timeline. I know in, I can just give you in my experience, when I got to a place where I was really confident in myself and what I was worthy of bringing to a relationship, when you have that kind of confidence, you're way more free to talk about what you want from a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And so when my husband first came to me when we were dating and we met, you know, through online dating with Bumble app, um, he told me, I'm just letting you know that I have um, canceled my, my, my Bumble membership. And I, and I was like, oh, okay. And that was his way of saying we're exclusive in a roundabout way. And I just told him, well, I'm not quite ready to do that. And then, you know, over about another month, maybe even less than that, I was able to say, I'm just letting you know that I've also canceled my, um, my, my Bumble app. And that was our way of saying we're exclusive. But, you know, when you're, I don't know what, t- what, what's the right time? Is it like a magical number of two months? Is it, you know, I, I don't know that. But the fact that you've already introduced children and your, your families are blended and things like that, What's the harm in saying, you know, I really like where we are in this relationship. I mean, I think it's going really great. And, you know, I'm I'm not interested in seeing anybody else right now. And just leave it at that. Don't put what about you on it? Because that's not what my Alan did with me. He just told me what he was doing. And then I told him what I was not doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be. I don't think it has to be this big, ominous, huge, heavy conversation that you spend hours sweating over and stressing about. How am I going to bring this up? What's the right thing to say? Just kind of in a matter of fact way, just like I really like the way this is going. And I'm so happy that we finally, you know, that this relationship feels like it's going in a really good place and just kind of leave it there. And if he's feeling it, too, it'll probably naturally move towards that. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I've been with my fiance for two years now. We got pregnant after two months of being together. 
We had the perfect relationship, got along well, treated my older kids from a previous relationship amazing, and he loved everything about me. But recently, he started a new night shift job. He's been treating me unfairly and saying things that should not be said to your significant other and treating my older two completely different from the beginning of the relationship. He's even been blowing up at his own child that we have together for no reason and calling everyone names. Well, I love tattoos and I have several of them. I got my latest one and he told me I was trashy and disgusting for getting it. He told me not to get any more along with piercings. Everything I do is annoying now, I guess. Am I a horrible person for wanting out? I feel horrible about myself now. I can't even post pictures of myself on social media without him getting controlling. Please help Amanda. Okay, Amanda, here's the thing. He wants you to leave him. He is doing everything in his power to get you to leave him. He doesn't want to leave you because that makes him the bad guy. So when this ends up, you know, falling apart and nobody will look at him and say, how could you leave her? How could you do this to her? He could always say, she left me. What are you talking about? She's the one that left me. But that's what he's doing. I've seen this time and time again. Nobody wants to be the bad guy in a breakup, especially when there's children involved. Right. Believe me, I've lived through this. So he's doing everything he can to get you to be the one. I have seen this time and time again. That's why women file for divorce so many times over instead of the man. Because I don't want to I don't want to betray too much. Well, okay, in my situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I I feel bad, but this is it's it's my history. I was married before. My husband went and got an apartment. You know, it's one thing to separate and go to maybe a friend's house or your parents' house to cool off for a while. But when someone goes so far as to get an apartment and buy furniture to put in that apartment, that's telling me this is over. Mm. So I filed for divorce. And he said he was blindsided by that. But you see that, but that. And didn't discuss apartment at all. No, this is years have passed. Trust me, we've all moved on. Everything is good. I promise you. But I'm just trying to let you see what how a man thinks because there was a baby involved and children. You know, we were a blended family at that point. How horrible does it look? So I was backed into a corner and I was filing for divorce, which makes him not the bad guy because he's not the one that filed. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's what this man is doing. He doesn't want to be the bad guy even though he is the bad guy. But now if you're the one that files or leaves or whatever you have to do, then he can say, what? She left me. Mm -hmm. So you see what I'm saying? So you want to salvage this? What's there to salvage? It's awful. It sounds emotionally abusive. How much worse does it have to get for you to say, I've had enough and I'm better off alone than wishing I was alone. But take the steps, take a stand, stop being the victim in this situation and take your power back love letters love letters to kelly okay robert a lot of people have you know given up going to the big gyms or working Mm -hmm. out at home but choosing a home workout can be overwhelming for a lot of people i mean what program do you sign up for you don't want to make a huge investment well that's the beauty of beach body they want to take all that anxiety out of working out at home you can have a fun simple and affordable way to get your body moving a lot of times it's not about you know dropping a ton of weight but it's about getting your heart pumping because a healthy 
heart can lead to a longer life. For me, it's about, let me be honest, I need to firm up my jiggly spots. <laughs> and with Beachbody, what would you think, Robert? About a thousand workout programs you can choose from? <laughs> or more. Yeah. Or more. I mean, it's crazy how much there is to choose from with Beachbody on demand at home. You can work out on your tablet if you have a web-enabled TV, uh, Apple TV, on your computer, whatever works for you. But let me tell you this. The Morning Meltdown 100 with Jericho McMatthews as your trainer. Let me tell you, you give him 100 days. You work out seven days a week, 20 to 30 minutes each day. Come on. you, Your body, your, your health deserves that much you're going to torch calories if you like that high intensity cardio with a live dj with the music to keep it pumping and keep you going this is an awesome program you need to check it out on beach body on demand and they have programs as short as 10 minutes a day with no equipment or very little equipment at your home. And, you know, with yoga, you can get into really great shape and you feel like, wow, I'm invigorated. I'm not stressed out and overwhelmed and so sore I can't walk the next day. That's the beauty of Beach Body On Demand. They meet you where you are anytime, anywhere at your fitness level with where you feel comfortable. And it's really the best deal in fitness. You can try Beach Body On Demand absolutely free. Tell them how to do it, Robert. Well, to get a special free trial membership, text LETTERS to 303030. You get full access to the entire platform, all the workouts, the nutrition information, and support. You get that absolutely free. Just text LETTERS to 303030. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. My life is a mess and I feel like nothing is going how I'd like it to. I've been married to my husband for two years now and I love him to death. However, he hasn't truly wanted to do laundry since our wedding night. This was a real shock to me as he was super interested in it before we were married. I feel like I've tried everything I can to figure out what the problem is, but I just can't. On my honeymoon, I tried decking myself out in lingerie to set the mood and was turned down multiple times. I've tried just waiting it out till he's interested and I just end up waiting for months till I can't take it anymore. I've tried talking to him to see what's wrong and he says he just doesn't want to hurt me. I mean, I do experience pain during laundry, but it didn't start happening until after all the rejection. Do you have a good gynecologist you could recommend to me? I feel like mine just isn't giving me the help I need. Aside from laundry, my husband and I also have a different idea on how much is too much time to spend together. Quality time is my main love language, so it's important to me to spend time with him. But all he seems to want to do is spend time with his numerous friends and or play video games. I've tried hanging out with him and his friends to see if maybe that would quell my urge for quality time, but it does nothing for me. Really, all I want to do is spend time with just him, but he started acting like spending time with me is a chore after we got married. I've tried telling him how I feel, and he tells me I should just make friends on my own so I can hang out with them while he's busy with his friends. I've tried making friends at church and work, but they never really stick. Any suggestions on how to fix my lack of friends problems would be much appreciated, oh too. Oh, my gosh. Lost girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's so many, <laughs> like 15 different questions in one letter. It sounds like he, he wants, he has an issue with intimacy. He wants, it sounds like he wants out again, not going to be the bad guy. He's not. And so you just you know, got married, but I'm telling you, a lot of people get married and they go into the walk down the aisle thinking, I don't want to get married, Robert. And they go through with it anyway. And then they get into it and it's like, you know, I, I don't want to be here. And then it affects you physically. It affects you emotionally. It just affects all sorts of things. It sounds like he doesn't want to be there and he's spending time with everybody but her. He's telling you with his actions, his behavior, that he doesn't want to be a part of this marriage. So that's what I'm hearing from it. Now, as far as developing friendships, I think 
you're being weighed down by all the stress of this and it's affecting your it's probably affecting your personality your mood it's affecting the energy you're giving off the vibe you're getting off to attracting friendships and when you get into a different place where you where you're happy you'll start attracting happy things to you you know stress attacks attracts stress negative attracts negative positive attracts positive you know it's funny when when it rains, it pours, that goes for good and bad, you know, one negative thing after another, after another, or one, like everything's clicking. Good, good, good. Yep. It's the same with relationships. So I, what I see happening here, and I'm not a marriage therapist. I'm, I'm not, I don't have any skins on the wall. I'm not a professional. I'm just a person with a podcast, giving my opinion. And my opinion is he doesn't want to be in this marriage. And I, I love to try to save marriages if you can, but it sounds like he doesn't even want to fight for it it sounds like you have grounds for an annulment based on lack of intimacy that is very real and if it's if you don't want to have a divorce on your resume you might be able to get your marriage annulled based on lack of intimacy because you deserve to have that what's the time limit on that do you know i don't know i don't know but um that that's something for a lawyer why don't you just just to cover your bases why don't you make an appointment with an attorney you don't have to tell your husband you're doing that at this point, but it's good to be educated and to know where you stand on certain things. I'm happy to give you a recommendation of my gynecologist. I happen to have been seeing the same one for 26 years. We have a great, you know, and with my, and honestly, you know, that's kind of funny. Robert probably doesn't understand that you can have a real, true, intimate relationship with your gynecologist that's when people hear the word intimate they automatically think sex no but you know my gynecologist has been with me through when I was a single woman and thinking I would never find a man who would love me and talk about you know how long am I going to be able to put off having a child and then through my infertility struggles and then through my divorce I mean my gynecologist was there through me with me through a lot of that and also served as like a surrogate therapist so it's important to have the right doctor and 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 especially because who else are you going to go to if you're not going to a therapist if you are having problems with sex that's painful that's what your gynecologist is there to help you figure out you know what can you do what medications what you know maybe there's exercises you can do there's different things you'd be surprised at what goes into painful sexual intercourse so um I'm happy to make that recommendation I don't know if you're in the Dallas area or not um yes she is actually I believe Dr. Clark Griffith, I'll just put it out there. Dr. Clark Griffith, love him. And he's a great gynecologist. That's who I've been to see for years. So if you want to look him up. But um, as far as the marriage, I mean, you could talk to your husband about going to marriage counseling. But it sounds to me, if, if he's if he's not willing to do that, he's encouraging you, go off, find other people to hang out with. He's basically saying, please divorce me. That's, that's up to you to decide. But I would take some uh, proactive measures to you know, move toward a happier, happier life. Love letters. Love letters to Kelly. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. Me and my now ex had been dating two and a half years. He's a very nice person. I believe he truly does love me. He treats me and my son very well, but he has a drinking problem. He doesn't seem to think he does because he doesn't drink every day, but it's every weekend that he goes to drink at his cousin's house till three or four in the morning. At one point, he wouldn't come home till the next day around 9 or 10. Although his drinking has never caused him to be violent towards me, it still causes a lot of disagreements, to the point that I've kicked him out of the house before. He apologizes, says he'll do better, but it's a good two weeks and it's back to the same old BS. I love him very much, but I'm so tired of having the same argument. This last time we decided to take a break, but I'm to the point that I don't think this is going to help. 
He refuses any counseling, and I also believe his cousin has a lot of influence on him. I can't keep competing with the cousin. I don't know if I should continue with the break or for us to just go ahead and go our separate ways. Please help Brittany. Brittany, come on. Are you listening to your own letter being read out loud and you're like, why am I hanging in here? Why am I hanging in here? He's not willing to, to, to change his ways. I wouldn't put up with this behavior. You want more for yourself. You want a better example for, for kids. So in my opinion, it's time to move on. It's hard. I know it's no fun thinking, oh man, I have to get back out there in the dating field and I don't want to do it. I don't want to go swiping and go on all these uncomfortable first dates. I get it. That's, that's part of it. But when you're in the right mindset, you can really have a lot of fun. And uh, so I, I don't think this is the relationship for you. And, you, you know, do you want to sit there and, and just wait and hope that he changes and becomes the man you want him to be? Or do you want to go out and find you a man who checks all the boxes and doesn't have this dependent relationship on, on his, would you say it was a cousin mm-hmm. and, and alcohol? I, I just wouldn't invite that into my life. So why don't we just close the door on that? If you've got the break, run with that. And you're not married to him, right? This isn't a marriage situation. Right. So it's not a for better, for worse, till sickness and in health, till death do us part situation. So in my opinion, you are free to move on. You are not obligated to stay in this relationship for any reason other than you don't want to go out there and find somebody else because that's work and that's not easy. And it's easy just to stay with this guy who gets blind drunk once or twice a month than it is to go out and find somebody. Believe me, there are guys out there that don't do that. And these other guys are just walking right by your doorstep. They're like, hey, here I am. Here I am. But you've got your blinders on. You can't even see them. So let's put this relationship to rest. Put it to bed and and move on. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. My fiance and I have been together for one year and he recently proposed. Yay. Of course I said yes. Although I do not have second thoughts or regrets about saying yes, he's okay with getting married in a cheap wedding chapel or even going to the courthouse and signing papers as a done deal. There you go. I'm not okay with that either and informed him I'd like a small outside wedding with just our close families. Mm -hmm. He's left it all up to me on everything. Perfectly fine since I'm the sole decision maker. He calls me a perfectionist because I always want everything a certain way. I always ask for his opinion and want him to make decisions with me, but he always tells me it's whatever I want. Am I wrong for wanting a small cute wedding instead of just signing a paper and calling it? I just don't feel like a marriage is truly complete without even a small wedding Emily. Do what you want. He's already told you you can do what you want. I mean, my husband picks at me about certain things, but he married me anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we were kind of on the same page with a wedding, and he, he had input to a point on it. But look, the majority of men do not care. The majority. Now, you do have some of these real modern guys that they want to have every say-so as far as the, the colors of the napkins and the floral arrangements have to be, you know, just so. But the average guy does not care, no. and women have to quit projecting our emotional ties to marriage onto the men in our lives. And it's a fine line whether to be disinterested or not caring. Right. It's like, it's fine, whatever you want. It's like, oh, I'm only marrying you because you want to do it anyway. That That is a difference. You're right, Robert. For me, and I think it's true for a lot of little girls, there's just something innate about us where we start planning our wedding day when we're in like the third grade. My girlfriend and I used to take turns each month because we you know, didn't have that much money when we were children, and we'd each buy the wedding magazine, and we'd every month we'd take turns, and we'd go through it, and we'd pick out our wedding dresses. We were in elementary school and junior high doing this nonsense. 
boys do not care. And then, you know, but you do have the random ones that do. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, you, you thought a man that didn't care about a wedding was a problem? Try marrying one who that's all he cares about. You're going to wish they didn't care. Just have the sweet little wedding you want. You're not wrong for wanting it. And quit making this a bigger deal than it than it has to be. But when a man tells you, I don't, I don't care, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care about you and he doesn't love you. He just doesn't care yeah, what, do what makes you what, happy. Yeah. What, what music you, you walk down the aisle to. He doesn't care. He just, just tell me where, where I need to go to get my suit and when, what time to be there. And that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean he does not want to marry you. He just doesn't care about the wedding. So give him a break on that and good luck and have fun planning your sweet little backyard, whatever you decide to do wedding. I never have to plan a wedding again. Robert. I'm never getting married again. Robert, don't say something like that. <laughs> you don't. Because I can be in relationships and not get married. You can, but you, but you put that out there. That's just your tempting fate. I'm not. All the, the, the fate gods are swirling around uh -oh. saying, oh, he thinks oh, he he's thinks. not getting married again. Where do you I'm whammy? Yeah, you're going to be begging her <laughs> to marry you. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I've been on the dating apps and I found this girl three months ago and we started talking. Things started off pretty good, talking every day for two weeks. Then she got quarantined. So it was another two weeks before we could go on a date. Then she went on vacation. Finally, oh after five weeks of talking, <laughs> we got to go on date one. Then oh, literally wow. that night, she found out she was moving into a house with her sister. They ended up remodeling this house, and that took about three weeks. So finally, the second date comes. Then over the next three weeks, we got one more date in. So three months, three dates. Come mm -hmm. last week, we had plans for a fourth date, and she rescheduled for the next night. But then she ended up canceling that, too. I finally told her I can't keep doing this. I yeah. can't keep being in this, quote, relationship where we see each other every couple of weeks. We, we live an hour apart, but I don't mind driving to see her. She says she likes me and that I've made her life better. I'm having trouble believing her, though, because she can't make time for me. Yeah. She even started canceling our nightly phone call because she's busy watching TV with her sister. Yeah, no. Personally, <laughs> Kelly, I think her and her sister are too damn codependent. Should I just close the door on this one and move on, Thomas? Yes, Thomas. Yes. If, if a girl is, I mean, come on. She's not. You, women will make time. They will turn their backs on their friends and family and religion to be with a man that they really want to be with. So if she's not talking on the phone with you because Real Housewives is on, <laughs> I mean, come on she can dvr it and watch yeah. it later she's not that into you and that's okay it's okay you i'm sure you're a wonderful man with wonderful qualities you can find a woman that actually kind of wants to hang out with you and see you more than once a month yeah. you know i remember when again i have to use me as an example when my husband first started courting me he was more into me than i was into him that's true you know but he literally had one hour one day he said can you just meet me for a coffee and i'm like Okay. And so, but you, you make time when you're excited to see someone and you, and you move mountains if you have to, and she's not even willing to DVR a TV show and watch it later. I mean, come on, dude, what are you fighting for? Yeah. So let's, let's move on and find somebody who is just as into you as you are into them. Dear Kelly, you are the love expert. I am. I'm writing to you about my relationship with my mother. I'm a 29-year-old who lives around seven hours away from my parents. I typically see them three to four times a year between visiting them and vice versa. At the beginning of this year, I visited my family and found out my mom to be a totally different person. My dad had warned me that my mom was going through menopause and was a little off. This is an understatement. After only one day with them, I was in tears with my boyfriend about how my mom was acting. 
Since then, things have only gotten worse. I used to call her almost daily while driving home from work just to check in and talk about anything, and now we hardly speak. When I do call, she's distant and tries to hurry off the phone within 30 seconds. Or if I'm not the one to reach out to her, we will go weeks without talking other than her sending me a dog video on Facebook. Recently, my dad was supposed to come down and visit, and my mom declined to join him for no other reason than she wasn't up for it. I haven't seen her since February, and she can't come visit? Between this and the lack of communication, I feel hurt. She's gone to the doctor and is now taking medication, but nothing has changed. She called me on my birthday and said, I've known I've been a crummy mother, but again, nothing has changed. Is it wrong of me to feel anger towards her? It's come to the point where I feel the mother-daughter relationship is ruined for life. Do you have any advice on how to cope with this or how to communicate with their hurt daughter? It might not be ruined for life, but it's, you know, very damaged right now. And you have every right to be angry and upset and confused. It's like, what's going on with mom? You know, people do go through menopause and it does affect them in different ways. I think a lot of time for women, I mean, you feel I, I see it, you know, played out in other women's lives and you see them you know, on these reality shows and things like that, where they spend so much time being a mom, being a wife, that they feel like life has passed me by. And now here I am staring down the last portion of my life and I'm angry. I feel like I missed out. And that's why a lot of these women, you know, get divorces and they're out in the singles bars acting like a fool because they feel like, you know, they've missed out on some fun, wild life because they chose marriage and children instead. Is that what your mom's going through? I don't know, but it might be. Maybe your mom, she obviously needs to talk to somebody. Maybe she feels like I can't say these things out loud because I love my children. You, you, you know how if you if you read some of these magazines and articles I've read, Robert, about they interview women anonymously mm -hmm. and a lot of women say, if I could go back, I would I would not have gotten married and had children when yeah. I did. And but there's so much guilt. You don't want to verbalize that because you love your children. But you feel like, oh, I missed out on traveling. I missed out. Oh, man, I wish I'd have married somebody else because I look at the life. You know, I see them have and what I ended up with. And I resent all that. You don't know what your mom's going through, but you love her. But perhaps you should call her and say, Mom, I don't know what you're going through, but I love you and I miss the relationship we have and something's not right. I know you've been to a doctor and you've gotten on medication, but do you think maybe you need to go back and see another doctor or a therapist mm -hmm. and maybe just by purging herself to a, a therapist where she can say all these things that, you know, she's guilt can be manifesting itself in this anger and resentment she's taken out on all of you you know i don't know but i don't know i'm i'm just throwing darts at the board here because this isn't normal yeah, this isn't gotta, normal you gotta do something and if dad's walking on tiptoes around her and is afraid to say anything what have you got to lose at this point if you say something to your mom she's already mad at you she's already not coming to see you so if you address her with love maybe write her a letter i don't know whatever is more comfortable for you but what do you got to lose? Your relationship's already really damaged. So just tell her how much you love her and how you want to get back to where you were. And you play her this Love Letters to Kelly podcast and see if that resonates with her and say, um, Mom, isn't this weird? I mean, I know this isn't talking about us, but I think it has just so many similarities. Listen to this, but it's really you, you know? He's like, but you do live seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. Uh, you do. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. So I don't know, but it's a conversation that needs to be had because ignoring it is absolutely not going to make it any better. Love Letters. Love letters to Kelly. Well, Robert, whew, I am talked out. 
But thank you for being here and for chiming in when I asked you to. I know a lot of times, you know, you are not the love expert, Robert. Oh, not at all. I, that is me. <laughs> I am the love expert. But every once in a while, you know, I need some backup. So thank you for being there for me. Sure. And thank you all for writing your letters this week and especially to sweet little Ari uh, for singing the jingle. Thank you, Bruno, for sending in your daughter singing the love letters to Kelly Jingle. And if any of you have a question you want me to try to answer or if you have a jingle you'd like to hear on the podcast, you could submit all of those at loveletterstokelly.com.